0: Teenager therapy because we have problems too. So, Jennifer, you want to start off by introducing yourself?
1: Yeah. Well, first, thank you all for having me a part of this podcast. I'm, I'm so excited to be here. My name is Jen. Um, I use they, them pronouns. And I'm a crisis services digital supervisor at the Trevor Project, which, if those who aren't familiar, the Trevor Project is the na- the, nation's, oh, sorry, the uh, nation's largest LGBTQ organization for suicide prevention and crisis intervention. And yeah, it's a little bit about me. I'm really excited to talk more about that and kind of
0: really get to know cool. y'all too. Yeah. So what's, what's your job? What do you do? Because I've never heard of that title.
1: That's a really good question. So At the Trevor Project, we have two main programs. We have our Lifeline program for folks who want to call in and talk to a counselor in that way. We also have our digital program, which comprises of our chat and text services. And so as a crisis services digital supervisor, I'm someone who coaches and, you know, talks through um, situations that come up whenever counselors are taking chats and texts. And mm-hmm. so I'm I'm really just there to support counselors while they're talking to young people across the country.
0: So so and it's like a like you're just giving them support and you know encouraging them.
1: Yeah, exactly. So our our mm-hmm. amazing counselors do um really cool work and I'm really just there to kind of coach them through if they're having, you know, need some support while talking to someone mm-hmm. or you know whatever the case might be. I'm yeah. just there to make sure that they feel supported.
0: What kind of support do they usually need?
1: good question so it it can kind of range depending on the cases i think that you know sometimes folks um, counselors have questions around well you know how how do you think i should support this young person right now um and you know one example i can think of is recently i like supported someone who um, was talking to you know a young person on our chat and text services and they like really needed resources specific to their area. And we were having a hard time finding that because they were living in a smaller city, more of a rural area. And so, you know, if if they need some support in finding resources in the area that a person we're talking to is in, um, I can be that person and kind of help them find those resources mm-hmm. for them.
0: And do you do that in real time?
1: Yeah, everything is real wow. time. So there's a lot of multitasking going on.
0: Yeah, that's, that's wild. That's a lot of pressure to have to like Help someone find resources. I mean, that's that's impressive because you can do it so quickly. So that's really that's impressive. What counselors do on the internet and the fact that it's free too, right?
1: Yeah. So everything we provide, um, as far as our crisis services, it's all free and it's people can access it twenty four seven. And you know, it really doesn't. Dep- it really doesn't matter what people are going through. We're we're always here for them. People mm-hmm. reach out for a range of different reasons. Everything from you know, coming out to like bullying to, mm-hmm. you know, just just to talk about whatever's going on in their lives, and so.
0: What's your website?
1: That's a good question. So our website is thetrevorproject.org, and so everyone can access. You know, we have our we have so many cool resources on our website. We have a like a support center. All of our programs are on there. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, Interesting. Yeah. So you you use they them pronouns um since when have you identified as non-binary
1: I really appreciate that question I think that you know sometimes for people coming out can be really uh, like this big aha moment and I think for mm-hmm. me it wasn't really an aha moment I think I like have always felt just a non-attachment to like being a girl or being a boy and I think um, I would say maybe around like, uh, I'm trying to think maybe like two years ago, I started using they, them pronouns
0: How old and are you? I'm,
1: all oh, right, I had to think about, it. I'm 26. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, okay, Okay. So two years ago, that's, that's a pretty, um, you kind of figured it out in your twenties, which is, I think a lot of people kind of start figuring out in their teens, at least from what I see.
1: Yeah. I think, you know, people are having a lot more access to like non-binary identities, whether it's like in the media or, you know, um, wherever. And I think that I'm I'm really glad that people are starting to like have access to that kind of information. Mm -hmm. Um, Of course, like coming out is definitely not on a timeline. And so, you know, we, there are people who come out like in their forties and fifties and beyond. And I just, I think like, it's all beautiful and you know, when it happens for you and when you start to feel those things, it's, it's always valid. And, you know, there's, there's never a timeline Mm -hmm. for that thing.
0: Yeah, we have a lot of non-binary listeners, listeners are well, as well, which I think like, um, this is a really good conversation because none of us really have experience with figuring out our pronouns. We all identify as like, you know, she, her, he, him. So I would love to know, how you kind of figure it out if if you like even have any advice for it because i know some people just kind of know so how do you what advice do you have for people who are questioning their pronouns
1: yeah i think pronouns are you know pronouns are just they're really important and i think it's a it's a good thing to ask um so i think it's def it's different for everyone right and so i think I can speak from my experience, I think for me, um, using they, them pronouns was just really important to me because I think I felt like, you know, sometimes when people look at me, they like perceive me to be a certain person or a certain gender. And I think that uh, using they, them pronouns really helps me feel validated in my non-binary identity, because I think sometimes I do get perceived to be, you know, one gender or another. And so I think for me, I think that's what validates using they them pronouns for me. Mm-hmm. And you know, to speak a little bit more broadly, I think that pronouns are this thing that can change over time. People can use multiple pronouns. For example, I know people who use both she and they pronouns. I know people who use he, she, and they pronouns interchangeably. And so, you know, I think sometimes we have this idea that pronouns are really rigid and like we have to stick with one pronoun and use it our entire lives. And I I, I wanna just introduce the idea that it's not always the case for people and it doesn't have to be the case for folks. And so um, I would say, you know, if you're interested in pronouns, have some of your really close friends, try it out for a bit and say like, hey, would you mind using they, them pronouns for me? And if it feels like something that's safe for you and you're, you're willing to trust that person, I think just exploring that option with friends is a really good idea.
0: Mm -hmm. that's really interesting so do you think because i know there's a lot of debate with pronouns and what is the extent to the pronouns that exist is it confined to they them you know she her he him or how big is the spectrum on what is considered a pronoun
1: excellent yeah i i love that question i think you're right i think that sometimes we we kind of like limit our understanding of pronouns to he she or they and Pronouns extend beyond that. There are some other pronouns, and they're they're a little less common, but they're totally valid, and people use them all the time. Um, I think you know it's 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 really it's really kind of um, you know what people have access to. We there's a lot of information on pronouns just on the internet. We have some on our website. Um, I think it's really important to note that like you know the Trevor Project does a lot of research, and I I just want to make the note that like we found one in four lgbtq youth use pronouns or pronoun combinations that fall outside of the binary construct of gender so outside of she and they and that's that's huge i think that there's a significant number of young people who are starting to use different pronouns and i think it makes it even more important for us to make sure we're never assuming a person's pronoun um and I think that sometimes when we assume a person's pronoun, when we assume they use, for example, he or she pronouns, it it can be really invalidating for that person and can be really harmful. And I think that's what leads to a lot of, you know, yeah. suicidal thoughts and mm-hmm. um, why people reach out for, to us.
0: That's interesting cuz I'm really interesting in like cuz I I always try to do my best to make sure everyone feels comfortable and respected and I think there's this pressure, especially on, like, quote-unquote, you know, activists, youth that, like, really want to be politically correct and respect everyone and, you know, take everyone's needs into consideration. So on the pronoun aspect, it's interesting because... So you do you think the norm should be everyone you meet? It should be, like, asking them your pronouns, kind of like, what's your name? It should be on that level of normal?
1: Absolutely. I think mm-hmm. that... I think we, you know, as a culture, as a society, as just like people who like have experiences with their own gender, we should always be asking folks to, to, you know, introduce themselves with their pronouns. I know at the beginning of this, I introduced myself with a them pronouns. I think that can serve a lot of purposes. One, it creates a space where folks who maybe do use pronouns that aren't he and she um, to feel validated, and to feel welcomed into that space. Sometimes we talk about how do we be an ally to trans and non-binary people and honestly sometimes it's as simple as just saying hey let's introduce ourselves with our name and pronouns that is allyship and honestly we're we're also in suicide prevention month and I think that suicide prevention is you know asking trans and non-binary people what are your pronouns what pronouns can I use for you it's a really great way just to show that we care we're uh, you're important and your identities are valid.
0: That's cool I agree I think doing the simple stuff like introducing yourself with, the, with your pronouns or putting your pronouns in your bio or making a post about it it's like it definitely makes a, a statement on those who need to hear it um, you know if I I think if I saw someone I admire acknowledge pronouns that would you know that would speak really heavily to me, so I think that's a really important cause. I'm curious as to what other pronouns are they are there besides if any uh, besides they them she her he she he him, what other you know what are what are the other like less common pronouns
1: mm-hmm. so one of them that I know of is z, and so um they're called like neo pronouns they're they're kind of outside um what. People have normally heard about, but I want to like bring them into the conversation. And I'm glad that you asked that question because I think it's really important that we talk about that. So, um, yeah, they're called neopronouns. There's there's a few of them, um, and you know, I I think that I think that they're important. And I'm really I'm really like happy to be talking about pronouns right now because it's a really simple way to kind of validate trans and non-binary people and actually i you know our 2020 national survey that we did at the trevor project um which is a survey where we uh asked a bunch of like young people questions about their identities and their experiences um around their sexuality and their gender and what we found was that trans and non-binary people who reported having their pronouns respected by all or most people in their lives attempted suicide at half the rate of those who didn't have their pronouns respected. That's really significant. And I think that yeah. that finding really helps us show that, you know, when we meet people, we should ask our pronouns and create that spaces, whether it's a workspace or in mm-hmm. school. I think that we have so many opportunities to grow in that area and, you know, everyone can do a little bit of their part by just, you know, introducing pronouns and respecting people's pronouns and yeah. doing your part to learn more
0: it's such an unbelievably easy thing to do and such a thing that like it doesn't make sense as to why you wouldn't respect someone's pronouns you know sometimes in like comment sections there's people like oh these pronouns are ridiculous I refuse to call you by your pronouns and I really do not understand you know like the hate and I think thankfully there's a lot the youth and the new generation is a lot more accepting than older generations so I hope I hope in the future we could kind of move into a world where it's like, you know, it, it doesn't matter. Like, if you want to identify as that or you want to use certain pronouns, like, if it doesn't affect you, just respect it. Um,
1: yeah, no, it, I, it's so I totally heartbreaking agree with that.
0: that yeah, it's, it's heartbreaking that, you know, LGBT, youth have to, like, experience all this simply because people just, for some reason, refuse to respect their pronouns. Is there um, any other research that, kind of supports that fact especially like in suicide rates and depression rates among among lgbt youth
1: yeah yeah there there's a lot of research out there specific from what we've done at the trevor project um you know we know that you know trans people are exceptionally <laughs> at a higher rate of suicide compared to their cisgender peers and i and, and I just want to clarify really quickly, it's not because people identify as trans or non-binary or queer, it's because of the victimization they experience from other people. And so, yes, the, the answer to your question is yes, there's definitely research out there to support um, that you know, the victimization, even public policy impacts um, the, the ways that young people are, are connecting and their mental health um and so yeah there, there's there's a lot of research that we're we're trying to put out there and trying to make people aware in the public that mm-hmm. these are important issues and you know it's a public health issue people yeah young, young people are dying from this
0: what's the most common crisis that you think lgbt youth come to like the trevor project for
1: hmm that's a really hard question to answer we get such uh, a wide variety of people who come to us with so many different things, um, so I don't know if there's one specific thing that I can name for you, but, you know, we, we get a lot of things around, uh, just as an example, around people questioning their identity, either their sexuality or their gender. Um, we get a lot of people who, you know, maybe they have a lack of resources in their area, and so I know I supervise a lot of counselors who talk to people in you know, small towns, maybe where there's not a lot of like, other queer and trans people they can connect with. Um, and I think mm-hmm. you know, people really reach out to us when uh, they have a lack of resources and they don't have a lot of connection. And I think mm-hmm. some, the, what the Trevor Project does is we really help them and, and support them in those areas. We like, help them find connections and at the mm-hmm. very least, they can connect with one of our counselors
0: yeah what what how do you feel about labels because there's like i think you know we've talked about this on our podcast in the past and it's about if labels are necessary and we came to the conclusion that you know there's no need to label yourself but also like to counter that it's i think having a label allows you to feel part of a greater community and it uh, allows you to feel belonging do you think the world is better with labels or without
1: You know, labels are so interesting. I think this is like a really cool conversation. I think that, you know, labels kind of depend on the person. Some people feel really validated by labels. Some people feel really validated by not having label. And so I know that's not like the perfect answer to your question, but there's not a right way to label yourself. And I think sometimes as humans, we tend to want to put people into categories, right? That's just kind of how our brain works. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes, that sometimes that works for us. And I think sometimes when we're talking about sexuality and gender, that doesn't work for us as much. And, and so I think, you know, it's not a perfect answer to your question, but, you know, labels sometimes really validate people and sometimes they don't, and it's harmful to assume a label for people. And, Mm -hmm. you know, there, there's not like one label that's better than another. And so um, I, Yeah, I feel like labels are. Yeah, it's so complex
0: and no right answer. It really varies from like context to context, in my opinion. Um, Absolutely. And I think I think it's especially almost like I don't know if this necessarily has to do with labels, but like in on social media in places like TikTok, there's like people repeatedly say you know the LGBT community says don't use gay as an insult because it's harmful to community, which is obvious. But then they also say, you know, they also encourage like, yeah, there shouldn't be any toxic masculinity. You should be able to be, you know, as feminine as you want. And like, there should be no problem with it. But it seems like a lot of people kind of forget about that ideology when it's like a popular, straight, maybe problematic, like influencer that maybe acts like a little feminine and people that don't like him, it seems like they're almost saying like, oh, he's a little, you know, suspicious, he's a little sus, he's a little fruity, as a way to kind of, I don't know, I think they're trying to, like, get on his nerves and trying to, like, make him feel bad about himself or acting the way he does. Do you think that is harmful to the community?
1: Yeah, Is so just to clarify, is your question, uh, like, when you see someone and you start to put labels on them, you start to describe them as, like, masculine and feminine, is that harmful?
0: It's, I think, no, it's more a question like, do you think, I guess, it is, is. how do you feel about when an influencer that's showing a feminine side gets called, like, suspicious or gay? Like, oh, he, he's probably, like, in the closet, you know, like, almost like mm-hmm. as if they're trying to get on his nerves by saying, like, oh, he's in the closet, isn't he?
1: Yeah, yeah, I see well, you know, we never want to make assumptions about people. And so I, I you know, th- that's that's a really interesting question because I think sometimes when we see, like, I, I recently got on TikTok and mm-hmm, um, yeah. like, I, I definitely have seen, I, I think I like have an idea of what you're talking about. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, you know, I think those things first of all project something onto that person right like if you see someone and you're like calling them fruity you're calling them like sus or whatever mm-hmm. i think that you're like really projecting something onto that person and if that person's experience of themselves doesn't match that projection then you know that's a really that's a really harmful thing for that person and so you know mm-hmm. i i want these identities to be validated and celebrated right like we, we should celebrate when for example um, a man expresses their femininity like I want those things to be celebrated and I, I also want to make sure we're not or people are not in general um, using those characteristics and those assumptions to really project onto people because they, you know they are the only ones who can tell them tell us about mm. themselves
0: yeah I agree you know another issue that I'm like I think is a really interesting conversation to have in the LGBT community is a grooming issue, you know? And I think in the pandemic, during this pandemic, these last like six, seven months, a lot of LGBTQ youth feel sort of isolated and lonely, lonelier than ever. I feel like their social life has been stripped away. And, you know, for many of us, that social life is already very small because maybe not many people are out or you can't find many people to accept you. And I think a lot of youth turn towards... Unhealthy habits and like you know very dangerous apps to kind of find comfort because they don't know where else to look for that community. Is there any like research that the Trevor Project has done towards that issue?
1: Yeah, that I I'm so glad you brought that up because you know COVID has been on everyone's mind mm-hmm. and especially like LGBTQ young people. We definitely have had some research on that. Um, and first, I want to say that like you know, at the onset of COVID, one of the things that the Trevor Project did was this rapid, massive tech transformation to move our lifeline call centers um, to remote operations. And this was the first time we've ever done that. And so um, we're, we're really proud to be supporting young people in this way. And you know, one of the things we found is that since the start of COVID, the volume of youth reaching out to our crisis services for support has increased significantly. At times like double our pre-COVID volume. And so, we are seeing a lot of folks who are who are going through a hard time. And you're right. I think like Kel, you mentioned some really good points. Like one of those reasons people are reaching out to us even more is that everyone everyone is isolated in a way that they weren't before. And so, you know, LGBTQ young people used to have support systems and connections that they normally, you know, got to see at school or like around wherever they live. And now everyone's just stuck at home. And so I think the physical distancing has meant that people are hiding who they are. um, And, you know, even sometimes in abusive home environments. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I I think it's really heartbreaking.
0: Yeah, it's a dangerous situation, especially for those that have, Yeah, like you said, that come from like an unstable household or an, an abusive household. It's like it's scary to think how many you know queer youth are kind of stuck at home with people they might not feel accepted with. Um, I think that's pr- that's gonna have a very long-lasting mental health impact on 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 the community. Um. But at least you know, at least it's a good thing that Trevor's there to try to help them through it. I think that's such an important resource. What do you think, as a friend, you know, either a straight ally or a, a queer yourself? How do you support your friend with the issues they're going through? Do you do you help them find resources, or wh- how do you handle that?
1: I love this question. I think it's a question that um, a lot of people ask, and I'm I'm glad that there's like room to talk about this here because. You know, I I think there's there's not a right answer on how to help people, but there are some things that, you know, can support, you can do to support someone. So I like to use like, at Trevor, we like to use the acronym CARE. Um, and that stands for connect with that person, ask directly about suicide, respond with compassion and empathy, and empower them with information support that may help them improve their situation. And so I, I like that acronym CARE. And, you know, I think when someone is going through a hard time, particularly if they're like queer or trans, connection is so important. I think just having someone to listen to you and having someone to say like, hey, yeah, things are really hard right now is so important and something that our counselors do every day. And it's it's you don't need a degree for this. You don't have to be like whatever, like an adult or whoever, whoever can connect with that person. and. It's really important that you know, I think suicide is so stigmatized and it can be really hard to ask someone directly about suicide, but it can also be life-saving. And so, even as comfortable as uncomfortable as it makes you feel to ask someone directly if they are thinking of killing themselves, it can really be so validating to open up a space where someone can talk about these feelings they felt like they couldn't talk about anywhere else. And You know, of course, we always want to, like, show our empathy and, you know, connect with that person and validate the experience that they're going through, because maybe you're the only person in that young person's life who who does that for them. You know, maybe they don't have anyone else.
0: Yeah. Um, I think it's an interesting point. Like, so you think you should. Because a worry I have when asking people about, you know, things like suicide is what if I make them relive or bring them back to a space where they don't want to be in anymore. So Mm. do you do you think there's a safe way to approach it and like a a, a way that you should try to avoid?
1: Yeah. Well, first of all, I I like appreciate you being honest about that, because I think it's not something that is unique to you. I think a lot of people have that fear. Mm -hmm. And I just want to like kind of dispel myth that talking about suicide will put that in someone's brain. Uh, Because that's that's 100% a myth that actually contributes Mm. to the stigma around suicide even more. And so just asking about suicide and normalizing that it's okay to talk about it can be really, really validating. And, you know, I hear the concern of like, will this, will this make them more upset? Will it like be activating for them in some way? And you know, I think it's beautiful because when you're there to ask someone, you can, you're can also there to, like, help them connect with support and be a person who um, can talk to, they can talk to about that. So
0: That's amazing. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that, about, you know, didn't even know that was a myth. That's really interesting. Um, that's really good to know. I think our audience is going to really benefit from that. Is there anything else that you want to talk about or mention?
1: Yeah, I mean, I it's it's suicide prevention month and I think that's really great. And so I I just want to like affirm that this is a wonderful place and I'm glad that people um are listening to this. I I would love, you know, I know there's a lot of like teens who listen to this and so I I really like want to affirm that like be a supportive person for people and you know I any adults who are listening to this, I also want to affirm that like having a supportive adult in someone's life is crucial um we actually found at the trevor process and and the trevor project in our research that like just having one accepting adult um in a young person's life in an lgbtq young person's life they were 40 percent less likely to report a suicide attempt in the last year and so i just i just can't emphasize enough how important it is to like connect with folks in your life and um you know i think one one other thing that people like to talk about is like self-care and you know obviously I endorse that I love it I love when people are able to find things that distract you even if it's just like going on TikTok, right like I do that all the time yeah yeah, yeah.
0: Um,
1: but one thing that we kind of touched on earlier is also this idea of community care and I think we don't talk about that enough and so you know of course we want to be able to take care of ourselves and find things that help us you know cope with whatever we're going through and an additional layer to that is community care where we get to like care for one another um we talked earlier about like care and like how do we support someone and you know the trevor project is always here if you need that supportive person in your life we're available 24 7 to be Mm -hmm. um a point of connection
0: right well thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me i think this conversation is going to help a lot, a lot of people. And yeah, I agree. Talk to a parent, talk to an adult. That's a really important relationship and, you know, connection to have with someone. So uh, thank you so much.
1: Yeah. Thank you, Gail. It was wonderful talking to you. And thanks for inviting us.